Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, well, I don't always do as good a job as you'd like. I disappoint you from time to time. I infuriate you from time to time with advice, information, or opinion you hear from me. So that's why it's really important for me that you give me feedback, that you go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and let me know when I did not do my job serving you and your fellow podcast listener. And then weekly, our producer, Krista, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares her favorites with you right here on the podcast. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Your reply to the physician who criticized your stance on physician hours stunk more than your initial comments. I'm a physician as well and won't rehash his excellent points, but this practice is not hazing, but is rather a well-considered way to sharpen skills and build knowledge. Think about it like this. If you present to the ER, you may have had a physician who has worked 23 hours. I do routinely. Their training ensures that they are as sharp at 23 than as an hour one. Our training helps with this. The issue has been debated in the medical community for generations, and I think we have figured it out pretty well. Your reply was offensive to those of us who dedicate ourselves to others and feel that we do it pretty well. Otherwise, I love your show, Kent. Kent, thank you. And um, this is something that I'm not a medical professional. I'm far from it. I just think that people's ability to function deteriorates after long, long hours and lack of sleep. And I have from you and from the other physicians strong pushback on what I've said about this. And I respect what you and and he have said because this is what you do, not what I do. Clark, I love you, but you stink. You always talk about the need to check your bank statement every month. But why haven't you told your listeners that they can be notified by text for every transaction on your card in real time. I've set this up with my main credit card, and I even set it up for my mother with her debit card at her small local bank. It's great. Brandon. Brandon, thank you. Um, A lot of people get overwhelmed by the constant notifications. If this works for you as a strategy to have the electronic notification of each transaction, that's great. Keep doing what you're doing. It is a superior way to do it, versus what I've said about looking at your account each month. I just think that a lot of people would be overwhelmed by that. I've heard Clark advise a few times that married couples should maintain separate accounts and credit cards if they're unable to agree on matters of finance. Depending on the state of residency, this advice is not enough. 
As a Florida resident, I was completely taken by my ex-husband when there was financial and other infidelity going on beyond my wildest dreams. When it was apparent our relationship was failing, he spent $11,000 on Amazon purchases alone a few months before I filed for divorce, a decision I put off because we had a small child. To my surprise, having a separate bank accounts did not matter in this case. Our judge simply have the difference between our individual accounts at the date of marriage and the date of separation filing. This included half of the contributions I made toward my retirement account during our marriage. We could not reach an agreement during mediation. I ultimately spent $20,000 in legal fees to finalize the divorce. I could have saved myself a lot of hassle if I had just gotten a prenuptial agreement. Bottom line, if you're ignoring the red flags that a partner will not get on the same page as you financially, at least contact a lawyer before you tie the knot so you can protect yourself and your children from financial ruin. Melanie. Melanie, I am so, so sorry about all the terrible things that happened to you uh, from your ex-husband and through the divorce process. I think that in a state that is not a community property state, holding you liable essentially for the crazy amount of spending and shopping is nuts and there are times that bad things happen to good people and I'm really really sorry and I I hear you clearly that once burned you will never be burned this way again and a prenup is a way to protect yourself and you can rest easy with that prenup that a similar circumstance will not reoccur. And again, I'm very, very sorry about what happened. You recently promoted eBay as a good place to do business. I sold two items on eBay totaling $780. The only way they will pay the amount due is via deposit to my bank account. They require the routing number, account number, etc. I will not give them access to my bank account, Donna. Donna, um, I... Thank you for your post, and I have not heard complaints from people about uh, doing business on eBay and having them direct deposit funds into your account, and if you are unwilling to do that or nervous about doing that, you have made the right decision not doing business as a seller on eBay. Clark, you recently told a listener with extra money in her daughter's 529 plan that all she can do is take the tax hit if she won't be using it for further educational expenses for her daughter or someone else. That's not the whole picture. In fact, if the student receives scholarships, she can draw that much money out of her 529 tax-free. You may have been assuming that the listener had followed that route already, but many of your less savvy listeners like myself might not be aware of this option. I just graduated this May with an extra few thousand in my 529 and was thrilled to learn that based on my scholarship awards, I won't have to pay any additional taxes when I withdraw the remainder. Next stop, a Roth IRA and more tax-free growth, Neva. And Neva, congratulations to you on finishing college with money still in a 529 account and qualifying for those scholarships. You advised me to open a Roth IRA with Fidelity. I opened the account and put $3,000 in. Also, I got the credit card to receive 2% cash back. I've had this account for almost a year. I didn't see any money being made on it. I called them a month ago and was told everything was on track. Called today to inquire about the situation, and they said the money is just sitting there until I invest it. I understand that Fidelity is an investment firm, and they have done nothing with my money for a year. Customers should be advised that they will not invest for us, Jim. Jim, okay, um, this is, I'd say, partially my fail 
in not explaining that with a lot of the 2% cash back cards, you have to take action of some kind. It is common with the 2% cash back cards that money just kind of sits in a holding pen with them until you do something with the cash that you've earned from the 2% cash back card. In the case of Fidelity, the money can go into an investment account, which you then can spend the money from. It can go into your Roth. It can go into a Fidelity 529 account, whatever. And so it's up to you manually to move that money over. And this is not just a Fidelity thing. This is how the 2% cards typically do work. Did I just hear this correctly? Clark Howard has sold his house and bought a condo. Wasn't he always against buying condos in the past and recommended single-family site-built homes? Chris, <laughs> I don't know what made you think I'm opposed to owning a condo. I've owned condos all through the years, and I've had investment condos. I've had condos I've lived in. Um, the thing with condos is that it's harder to make money in a condo typically than a house. The cycles of up and down in values are more extreme in a condo than they are in a house. So a condo purchase needs to be for a longer intended period than a house. Before this housing cycle, I used to say don't buy a house unless you intend to live in it seven years or longer. And I would say for a condo, unless you intend to own it 10 years or longer. Now I say with a house, you need to have a 10-year cycle. And I would say with a condo, the 10 years is still okay, but it does need to be a long cycle because the condo, what happens with the condos is a more dramatic process in terms of what happens with pricing, making it a harder thing to own for a shorter period of time. A listener was looking for an alternative for her husband's use of music on Spotify without commercials, but it was running up his cheap cell phone data charges. An alternative she might find cheaper or more useful is Amazon Prime Music. This would be approximately $11 a month, but they would also gain Prime TV and movies, Prime Shipping, and Prime Shipping. I love the Clark Podcast. Keep up the good work by you and your staff, SW. SW, isn't that really JL? Because Joel Larsgaard, who used to work on my radio show, was obsessed with Amazon Music and felt that I should really talk about the advantage of it as part of the whole Amazon web of services that are all involved with Amazon Prime. You mentioned liquid biopsy. You came at it from a money standpoint, but neglected to mention that this science is not fully vetted and it is unknown if the results give any meaningful health information at all. There is also a plethora of different tests that would have to be run to test for the, all the types of tumors that are out there that I doubt fit into one $500 number that you mentioned. After listening to the podcast, I was so excited there was a test I could take for $500 and it would tell me everything I needed to know about my health related to cancer to only have the rug ripped at, right out from under me. While this science is promising, it is hardly something anyone should be considering doing at this time. Based on the current state of this technology, it seems that, that there's a company claiming a $500 test to tell you everything. It's probably a scam. Thank you for all, or should I say most, of what you do. I've had far more helpful advice than advice like this, Greg. <laughs> Greg, thank you. I, and maybe I did a bad job when I talked about the liquid biopsies. It is an area that's still considered to be um, cutting edge, not 
mainstream medicine yet. And the idea is that a lot of cancers that cannot now be, not all cancers, but a lot of cancers that cannot be um, diagnosed under current technology will be able to with the technologies these labs are working on. It is, I would say it's not a beta at this point. I'd say it's an alpha, which means very early in the process. But this is a very promising future development and not one that is necessarily ready for prime time. And if I didn't explain it that way the first time, that is my bad. And that is a situation where Clark definitely stinks. (laughs) I talked about myself third person there, where (laughs) I stink. A listener wrote in explaining her bank does not have a branch in her new town. To get around ATM fees, she explained she gets cash back at stores and gas stations, but was wondering why. Clark then surprised me by explaining this makes sense, that this makes the store a lesser target for robberies because you took $20 here and there. This seems really strange to me, and I haven't been able to find out if this is true. You don't stink, but I wonder why you did not take the opportunity to encourage them to open an account with Discover or the other new online banks that will pay ATM fees for their customers, Chris. Chris, um, that is a wonderful suggestion you've made about having one of the online banks that you can use ATMs fee-free. I've also talked about for people who have investment accounts that having a Charles Schwab checking account where you have unlimited fee-free ATM withdrawals at anybody's ATM is an alternative. The thing I've said about that businesses like to give cash back so they're not as much a target for robberies is only something I've heard. I don't know that that is absolute fact for every business that does it is why they are happy to do the cash back for free when you pay with an ATM card or debit card at the store where they ask, would you like cash back? Um, On the issue of this particular listener who said that the bank was not in her new town, but she, my sense of what she said was that she really liked the bank she was with, and that was why she was staying with them. And maybe I read something into the question that was not there. I talk back to the radio every time Clark says that mortgage insurance benefits the bank, not the homeowner, because it pays the proceeds to the bank. Well, yeah, it pays off the homeowner's mortgage. Doesn't that benefit the owner? I know a bunch of folks who would love to have their mortgages paid off. Dave. (laughs) Dave, you're talking about where the bank solicits you for mortgage life or mortgage life and disability insurance that names the bank as the insured, but you pay the premiums. The big problem with that stuff isn't just that the money is going to pay off the mortgage. And let me tell you why that's a problem first before I go on. The reason that's a problem in a lot of cases is survivors may have more important things they've got to deal with financially than just having the house paid because you can't eat the house. So I prefer for somebody to have their own term life insurance policy that pays the proceeds to the people you're trying to see after, after you're gone, take care of financially. But the big reason is that the cost of this mortgage life insurance that the banks push is as much as 10 times more expensive than you owning your own individual term level term life insurance policy. Coming up ahead, something that is easily 10 times 
what it should cost in the marketplace, hearing aids. And I've got great news for you if there's that family member or friend who you know needs hearing assistance, but they just can't afford to buy them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was so excited roughly four years ago when a new law was passed by Congress that was going to bust up the hearing aid cartel we have in the United States. If you're not aware, we have by far the highest hearing aid prices in the world. It's not unusual for an American to pay 10 times or more what people do in other developed countries. It is common in most other wealthy countries, that someone can buy a hearing aid for around $100. But in the United States, because of the hearing aid cartel, hearing aids tend to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. The Congressional Act passed four years ago has been successfully bottled up by the monopoly players or semi-monopoly players in the hearing aid industry who benefit mightily from having the world's highest prices. Who loses? There are millions of people in America who've suffered hearing loss who might like to buy hearing aids. I'll tell you, their families definitely want them to have hearing aids, but they can't get them because the cost is so ridiculously prohibitive. And I've talked in the past about people going overseas to beat the high prices, you can pay for an entire trip overseas and get hearing aids as part of it and spend less money than going into a local place to buy hearing aids in the United States. I've mentioned recently how both Costco Wholesale and Sam's Club have been steadily lowering the prices of the hearing aids they sell. They keep coming down, down, down. And now, with the president's new executive order, He has ordered that in 12 weeks, the federal agency that was supposed to, the FDA was supposed to issue the hearing aid rules four years ago, and the process was corrupted by the industry, and it's never happened, and now it's going to happen. And let's see if the 12-week deadline is met. People have waited too long for affordable hearing aids in the United States. And so we'll see if this actually does happen in the next few months. I think it's pretty clear it's going to happen. And that family member who could not afford to hear what's going on at a family dinner, to be at a special occasion and not be able to be part of the conversation, we're going to finally bring this cartel to its heels and make it possible for people to have affordable hearing aids. And this is so past overdue, I can't even tell you. You know, when you think about how much I love capitalism, I adore the free enterprise system. 
But we, let's face it, we have had a problem in the United States where large commercial enterprises have been able to develop uh, control of industries with just a small number of players. And then they've been able to use a corrupt political process to prevent competition and to raise prices. And it's happened in the pharmaceutical industry. And obviously, it's happened with the hearing aids. And I'm hoping that we are weeks away from this foolishness ending. And what you're going to find as the lower prices come along is that the bleeding prices, the low point prices, are going to happen online and they're going to happen at the warehouse clubs. And then the traditional industry dominated by these behemoths, they're going to, kicking and screaming, be brought into a competitive environment. So the era of the $6,000 pair of hearing aids is coming to a close. And the era of $100 hearing aids is around the corner. And thank goodness. Because I think about how much of personal interaction, personal interaction is so important. And I think how much particularly older Americans have lost that interaction because they can't hear and they can't afford to do anything about it. Krista? This question is from Julia in North Carolina. My insurance increased my premiums by $720 a year, claiming I have one point on my license, a non-speeding violation in May of 2019. I was told I'm lucky they were late in finding this point. The problem is I have no points on my license ever, 26 years of driving, and have never had a ticket. How can I find out how my insurance company based their decision increasing my premiums by so much? Strangely, this happened after I changed my homeowner's insurance to another company, but I was told that that was not the reason. All right, so Julia, you got to get to work because they're showing on your what's known as your clue report that you have an issue with your driving and you need to get your clue which is free to do it's now a service of lexus nexus and if you just do clue auto insurance report you'll find the information on it and how to get a copy of your report from next lexus lexus nexus and then what you're going to do is if there is no violation showing on your report you're going to contact the insurer again and say, you've made an error, I need you to investigate, there is no point on my driver's license. If there's a, a, an incorrect filing on your database report from LexisNexis, and remember this report's available to you for free, your clue report, you are going to challenge this on your report. So this is your opportunity to find out if there is any error in place. You also should contact the North Carolina Department of Insurance and ask them if there's a procedure in North Carolina for you to see if the state, um, I don't know if it'd be the state patrol or who it would be, who would have records that would show if there were any points against you on your license. And this question is from Mark in Connecticut. I want to purchase my leased car from the bank, and they want to charge me property tax. 
You've never mentioned that before, and I've been leasing cars for the past 15 years and have never paid property taxes on all of those leased vehicles. What do you think? Thank you, longtime fan Mark. So um, Connecticut's DMV says that you are paying uh, 6.35% sales and use tax on the purchase price, that it is something you're already paying is what Connecticut says. And so it depends on the state whether or not there is a fee like this. And I think you've probably been paying it baked into your lease prior is what I would guess. And Elliot in Georgia says, I'm a proud father of a wonderful eight-year-old daughter who has autism. I'm looking to plan for her future needs and have been reading up on a special needs trust. Would you recommend any or would you go on in a different direction? She currently receives Social Security and and would lose this benefit if she has over $2,000 in her name. We need this for her therapies, but would also like to be able to save something for her. Elliot, so I've got great news for you. There is a cousin or sibling of the 529 college savings accounts called the ABLE account, the 529 ABLE. These have extremely low fees. A lot of them mirror the fees on a 529 college savings account, which means very, very low fees in many cases. You are allowed to put aside up to $15,000 in a year and not affect your daughter's benefits at all from SSI. In addition, under current rules, you're allowed to accumulate up to $100,000 in the 529 ABLE in total and not affect benefits. The amount that you are allowed to accumulate will probably adjust over the years where you will not affect benefits. The reason this is permitted is because the expenses that uh, may happen with a special needs child may go on potentially a very long time. And it's to deal with the long haul kind of expenses and do so without making someone ineligible for the benefits that are available from the government for a special needs child. Now, there is a small amount of information on ABLE accounts and being able to pick the right one based on costs, which is what you want to look at, at the website savingforcollege.com. And that would be a starting place for you. You said you were in the state of Georgia, and Georgia does have, as many states do, their own 529 ABLE account that you can participate in. The costs on it are reasonable. And as for setting up a special needs trust, that may be something you eventually want to do. But first, your goal should be to accumulate the ultra low cost savings that are available for you to have in a 529 ABLE account. ABLE is A-B-L-E. And I'm so glad you've decided to listen to this episode If you need advice, we have our Team Clark Consumer Action Center available to you. You can find their phone number and hours they're available to get free one-on-one advice at clark.com slash CAC.